Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. What I want us to realize, though, is that when the people wrote the Bible, they didn't know they were writing the Bible. When Virginia read Psalms, David was not writing the Bible. He was writing a song that later was correlated and brought together in the Bible. So Paul, which we're going to look at today, it's 1 Corinthians. Anyone who's been to a wedding has heard likely this passage and just thought, love is all of these things, and when do we get to cut the cake? Like, just get the wedding over with because we want to dance or we want to party or whatever it is. And yet, I want to give some background. Paul is um, Paul's a Jewish guy who wrote this letter, again, a letter that became a book, he, um, he's pretty hardcore. He's, he's persecuting and killing the Christians. Like, that's not on, I don't think, on many of our lists. <laughs> We've done lots of wrong things. I'm not sure how many of you guys have run around persecuting and killing Christians. But until he had a conversion experience, God met him on a road He was made to be blind. Eventually, scales fell off, and he became a pretty hardcore Christian in his time. So hardcore that he wrote about a third to a half of the New Testament. So a good chunk of the Bible. I think uh, Paul wrote more of the Bible than anyone else, but he didn't start by writing the Bible. He started by writing letters to friends. And so Corinthians, which we're going to dive into, was a book, was a letter to his friends in Corinth, a new church plant in a very dark town. So Corinth was super sexual place, maybe a little bit like America, right? But like everything sexualized. And, um, and so he's writing a letter and he's saying like, do you guys know uh, Pastor Troy has been here before from Grand Rapids? Pastor Tommy has been here from Tampa and visited. Uh, we've had some pastors who are further along in, in leading churches and in life, maybe older than Jerome, who visited here. And they leave, and this is effectively the same as like if they wrote a letter back to us and just said, City Life, um, you guys are doing great. Like, you're incredible. You're loving Lansing. You're doing some really neat things. Uh, I'm proud of you. By the way, I'd like you to keep this in mind. And I saw something kind of funky when I was there. Like, there's this weird, when the worship team comes up and there's smoke and And like all, you know, he gives some corrective thing. That's like, it seems like people dancing on stage naked probably isn't best, right? That's what these letters are kind of saying is like they're given some direction, they're given some encouragement, and they're also given some correction too. And so this is a letter that's written that becomes part of the Bible. Some of it is contextual. It is not uh, connected to today. Uh, Paul didn't have TikTok he didn't, uh, he didn't have an iPhone 10. He didn't have a sleep noise app. He didn't have air conditioning. He didn't drive a car, right? All, they're just parts of scripture, parts of the letters that are not totally gonna relate to us. And then there's the other parts that are totally timeless. Whether you're born in 600, 1842, 1911, 1994, who is born in 2001? Anybody in 2001? We did well last service. 2004, anybody in 2004? 1996. 
yes, we did it. Uh, 1996. So, or if you're born in 2025, like this is just timeless truth. And for those of us who are questioning and kind of dabbling and testing the faith and kind of have one foot in and one foot out and we're not totally sure, this is a great passage to test and just say like, does this, what we're gonna read in a second, align with what works in the world? Like when I look at healthy relationships, do they have this? And when I look at unhealthy relationships, do they not have this? And if so, and we have something that was written thousands of years ago and it still works today, might be something to just pay attention to. And so we're gonna dive in and read 1 Corinthians 13. Caitlin, here we go. If I could speak all the languages of the earth, didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, like if I knew everything, and if I had such faith that I could actually look at a mountain and say, move over there, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. This is kind of like deep breath. He's saying, like, hey, this is kind of a big deal. This is kind of a big deal such that Jesus in John, when he's, he's getting ready to be crucified, tells his disciples after he's washed their feet. So this is the king, which many of the disciples were later martyred. He's washing their feet. Gross. Washing feet today is gross. Washing feet back then, really gross. And so he washes their feet and he gets done and, he's, uh, and he says, a new command I give to you, that you're to love one another. Like you've heard of 10 commandments back in the day, like love one another. And so when Paul draws back and he says, love is more important than anything, this is what he means by love. It's patient, it's kind, it's not jealous, it's not boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable, it keeps no record of being wronged. It doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. It never gives up, it never loses faith, it is always hopeful, it always endures through every circumstance. That is a list, and we will end the service and tell you to go home and do all of those things, right? Like, like that's a list. That's, that's a tough list. And so this morning, we're not gonna focus on all of them. We're just gonna focus on three of the sections, and we're gonna participate, just like filling in the blank of dreams. I'm gonna ask you guys, we're gonna do this together. We're gonna look at present, past, and future, and the ways that we can leverage 1 Corinthians 13, in our lives toward having dream relationships. And so in the present, love is patient and kind. I am the least patient person in this room. I promise. I see traffic and I just cringe. Like getting to the front of a grocery store and seeing like car, you know, four carts and they don't have enough registers open, I just start twitching and just like, 
I don't even know what to do. I honestly just want to abandon my cart and leave. That's what the first thing that's going through my mind is patience is a hard one for me. And so my wife and I are at Target the other day and she's dropped me off to pick up a few things and then she's gonna leave and go, get, go run another errand and come back. So she leaves me at the entrance. I get my few things. I run next door because I know that I'm gonna have some extra time. And so I run next door and then I come back to where I think she dropped me. Where I think she dropped me. And I just wait. And we're in Florida, so it's hot. And I wait a little longer. And then my phone dies. And it's like, oh, no. And so I wait and wait and wait. And she's, she's waiting for me, but I don't know it because I'm at the wrong entrance. So this Target has two entrances that are really far apart, one for the groceries and one for the whatever else Target sells. And I kind of see a car off in the distance, the rental car that looks a little like ours, but it's certainly not coming to get me because it's in the wrong place. And so it go, she goes down, she runs through the store, she then parks, she comes back to the store and our eyes meet. And I'm like, I'm pissed. It, it's been 40 minutes and she's pissed because I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And we just, so I kind of like, start walking toward the car and she starts walking to the car and we're kind of far apart because like this is going to take a minute. And we get to the car and all of a sudden I re- she's like, I dropped you at that bench. And he was just like, oh, my. I'm little by little eating crow realizing that I'm the one who's messed up the whole thing. And, and fortunately, we've been married long enough to realize that like we're not gonna allow this to ruin a week or a month or a year. It's just not, is that our relationship is more important. But I'll tell you, we were, we were upset. We were impatient. We were fairly kind, maybe B minus kind or something like that. And so in, in the present, this is an invitation in relationship to be patient and kind. If we could just do those two, it would change the world. You think about everything we've read in the newspaper in the last week that is tragic and just paint these two words over, patient and kind. It's, it's so many ways the answer, right? To so many human, human issues. And so that's the focus for the present. Now we're gonna go to the past. How many of you guys have a broken relationship of some, somewhere in your life? Someone, there's a, there's a chasm, it was good, it's not good anymore. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Ooh, that's crushing. That's crushing because I keep track. I'm really good at keeping track of what other people have done, right? And um, I'm sure some of you guys are better at it than I am. And so love keeps no record of wrongs. And so if you pull out your cell phone, I'm gonna give you a, a, we're gonna get to practice today. Oh no, yeah, I'm serious. Like in church, let's do it. You pull out your cell phone. There's no pressure to do this. You don't have to. And yet it could change your life and could create a dream relationship in 10 years that is not helpful or healthy right now. When I talk about the relationship, we're gonna text someone. You don't have to. There's no pressure to it, but it could be really cool. Is um, you can jot this down in notes or you can actually go all out and be super duper and just text them right now. I'm in church it would be my dream for our future relationship to look differently than it does today, but before you send it. So it, 
it would be my dream for our future relationship to look different than it is today with a couple caveats. One, recognize that it could, this could open up a conversation that takes time, energy, and, and could lead to rejection. It just could. You may have a desire for the relationship. They just don't. It's just the way it is. And, um, but you can, still, you can still lean in, but just be aware of that. This is not someone who has abused you, manipulated you, all of that sort of stuff. We're not talking about exes. That's not what I mean. Like we're not looking to restore. There are times where relationships are just, for, for the here and now, they're just to end. It's just the way it is. But then there are some other relationships that we have that are just tweaked. It was something kind of small a year ago or five years ago with a friend, with a relative, with a business partner, something like that. And you think that if, if you took the more mature step and leaned in and took ownership of even your 5%, that something really amazing could happen. That's the invitation for us this morning. So I just share that to you if you wanna jot that down. My dream is that our future relationship would look different than it looks right now. And the reason we do that is because the last verse says that love always hopes. It never gives up. It never loses faith. It endures through every circumstance. Always hopes. And I, as I look out and I was watching and, and participating in worship this morning, I didn't, I didn't share this in the first service, but like to see the diverse body of people here is deeply encouraging today. Deeply encouraging today. Like that Sunday, which is oftentimes known as the most segregated day of the week, my sense with the sunshine this afternoon is that God's looking down at city life and he's just like, keep going. Keep going. Like even in the midst of, of senseless tragedy this week, which is on top of the week before and the week before and the week before and the month before and the years before, like we as Christians and those who are even dabbling with whether to follow Jesus or not, like we are always hopeful. Even in the midst of a pandemic, like we are always hopeful. That's the invitation to what love is. And so we're gonna get to practice one more thing as we head into the future. Um, I have a dream notebook and it was, this was actually, Jerome gave it to me a while ago, but it was, um, there's a book that a guy had written that I was reading and he would just talk about like, I accomplished dream 17. Or like, I have pursued, you know, I've come to the other side of dream 718. And I was just like, whoa, this guy is legit. Like he's writing down hundreds and hundreds of dreams. And so I started myself and I am going to start by sharing a vision or a dream in my life. And then I'm gonna invite you guys to practice. You ready? You ready? It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So um, future memories are as, as powerful as past memories. And I'm going to show you what a future memory is right now. And it's going to be awkward and creative for some of you. And for others, you're going to be like, this is awesome. I'm going to do this in my life. So in my dream, it's a vision that I have for my future life. It is, um, I saw very little bits of it early on and then have, have it may even come clearer as I share it with you today. And so I'm 39 right now. This dream takes place when I'm 54. It's 15 years ahead. My son right here, see, raise your, raise your hand. 
My son is 12, and I have a daughter who's 14. So in 15 years, they're 27 and 29. And I'm sitting on a lake. Like I'm on a, at a house on a deck, and there's a lake out in the distance. And the grill is on, and there's some smoke coming out, so it smells super good. Brats, ribs, brisket, baked beans, corn, and whatever else you want to be there. And uh, when I look out over the deck, there's a cornhole game sitting out there. Everybody knows cornhole, right? And my son and daughter and their spouses are playing cornhole. They don't always get along super well, so this is kind of cool, right? And they've got their spouses, and I can't quite tell who's on what team, but they're laughing and they're competing in cornhole. And I'm holding a six-month-old grandchild. I'm not sure if it's my son's or my daughter's, but she's like six months old, and I love holding babies. And so then I've got a two-year-old grandchild. I don't know whose it is but uh, comes over and kind of like messing with my leg and then goes over, rubs the pacifier in the ground and eats it and all that sort of stuff. And my wife, we've been married like 18 years now, but then we'll have been married 33 years. I did the math right? You guys? Yeah, 18 to 33. Someone shook their head now. I think I did. But you guys can correct me later. Um, my wife of 33 years is doing sidewalk chalk with a five-year-old grandchild. She kind of comes around the corner, and uh, that's my dream. And so when I think about that future memory, I get to choose every day who I'm going to be to pursue those dream relationships. Who will I be today that my wife will want to be there? Who will I be that my child will want to be there and that they'll be in relationship? It's actually a dream that isn't true today. Their relationship is all over the place, right? And so I'm dreaming for a day that they enjoy being together, that their spouses wanna be there, that the grandkids wanna be there, and that our family is uh, living in dream relationship. And so it calls me to account, like who will I be to pursue that dream? And so I wanna invite you guys to do the same thing. And I know you're in different seasons of life, but I want you to just close your eyes and I'm gonna kinda lead you through. It could be two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. I want you to just imagine a dream relationship place. you to kind of in your head just think about when it is 2025 or 2040 who's there what does it smell like what does it look like does the room feel like? How's the weather? What are the feelings inside of you and in others? Is there laughter? 
is their peace. Just keep watching what's going on in the room or outside. full control of what the other person is going to choose to do. But where is God inviting you and inviting me to to grow up, to mature, not because you're not good enough, not because he's disappointed in you, but because he's inviting us into dream relationships filled with love, filled with joy, filled with peace, filled with connection, filled with intimacy. This is his invitation for us. A new command I give to you, that you would love one another, that you would be patient with one another, that you would be kind with one another. And I want us as City Life to just imagine when we were far off, what would it look like if every Christian we had encountered was patient and kind, kept no record of wrongs, wasn't jealous, was, was always hopeful? And this, this, this requires a fight in some ways, because what's being fed to us is often not hopeful. Fox News does not do really well, um, it, apparently, when, when we just usher in hope. CNN, you, it would be very hard pressed to find something in the news today that would lead you to be hopeful. So what does it look like for us to just turn down the volume a bit? and find things that will lead us into hope. Because God is inviting us to never give up, to never lose faith, to always be hopeful and to endure in every circumstance, even global pandemics, even when racial injustice is, is, is everywhere around us. Even when people, right after a, a mass shooting happens in Indianapolis, that the first thing that we do is just to argue. It's weapons that are the problem. 
instead, we, we have another option. We have another option. We have another option. And so Jesus, we just ask that you would, that you would refine us in the midst of despair, in the midst of hopelessness, in the midst of fear, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of disappointment. That you would fill us with your love. That all of our love would be, be an outpouring of what you've done inside of us. And so we just ask for your help. We ask that you would hold our hands as we learn to be a little more patient, a little more kind, a little more hopeful. We're thankful for this word and that you're working all things for good. Yeah, would you help us learn to, to be in healthy relationship? In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.